All right, Faith Promise, how are we doing this weekend? Come on. It's incredible to see you, thrilled to have you with us. Welcome to all of our campuses. Man, we love you guys so much. Michelle and I are so grateful to get to be a part of what God is doing at Faith Promise Church. Welcome to our third weekend in a, in a four-part series we're calling Fear Less, challenging every promiser to become fearless in sharing Jesus with those people that live all around us. Because that is what God wants. By the way, how many were here last weekend? Was that not incredible? Great message from Micah. It's one of those sort of got to see it. So if you missed it, go to our go to our app, go online, download it, listen. Incredible. Man, if you feel like you can't get up or God can't use you, you've got to get that message. So welcome. Regardless of where you're listening or where you're worshiping with us on one of our physical campuses, you could be online, you could be in the middle of the week digitally downloading and catching up content because you're out of the week out, maybe you're at one of our God Behind Bars. Hey, listen, God Behind Bar Bledsoe, last weekend, Morgan County, over 200 men. I'm just saying, come on, guys. You guys were first, Bledsoe. Come on, rock that thing for Easter, man, believing in you guys. Last week, North Knoxville, just right at a thousand people. God is moving. I hope you guys are fired up. North Knoxville, come on. All of our campuses, Farragut, let's do it, man. I'm just believing God for great stuff. So I want to challenge you, and some of you do do a lot of digital downloads, and we're thrilled that you get the content, but stay committed and connected to the local church. It's the only institution created by God for the express reason to change the world. And so that's what God wants, and that's what we want to be a part of. Today, the culture, the spiritual culture in the church in America, would you guys agree it's sort of become a me-centered spirituality? Would y'all agree with that? And so in this culture of me-centeredness, we've lost the Christ-centeredness of other-itis. Jesus was always about others, others. Love others, serve others, care for others, share with others, consider others more important. There are just dozens and dozens of other commands. But in the midst of our digital download and of all that kind of stuff, all the content, what ends up happening is we neglect real relationships with real people, connecting on 101. We're more, we're more technologically connected than ever and yet every survey shows we've never been more lonely or never been more connected from other people than we are in this culture today. So in that, because we sort of become alone, if you look at the word, the Christian experience, it was never meant to be explored, to be investigated, or learned about alone. This Christian experience was meant to be lived out in a community that Christ created called a church. And in those relationships you have with the Lord and then relationships you have with others, people's lives are transformed, everyone around you. It, it simply cannot be an individual deal or just a private thing. Jesus lived publicly. Jesus was in community, and that's what he wants for us. And so that's why two of our values at Faith Promise One is we grow together. Amen. Do we grow together? Man, come on. We're a family. And number two is we tell them of him, those radically rescue, radically rescue others. 
And so what we want to do, what I want to do now, I want to introduce you to someone out of Michelle and my small group, a friend of mine, uh, just because uh, as we've talked, I've learned some stuff. His name is Dr. Baird, and he's living out the series that we're talking about. So you guys welcome Dr. Barrett to the stage. What's up, my brother? Good to see you. you too. I love this guy. Now, he is a chiropractor, has a practice out on Alcoa, owns a CrossFit gym. Looks, he's built like me. Do you notice that? Sharp. That's good. So incredible. But, but by the way, tell us your last name because I wasn't even going to try to say that, Barrett. Yeah, so uh, we Americanized it to Dubert, but, uh, you know, you can... French it to like uh, Doybert's, but Doibert. we just say Dubert, Bear Dubert. Come on, we're talking about Cajun Creole here, South Louisiana. That's just one of the reasons. Come on, welcome. Give, give him a hand, guys. So we love he and his wife, and they got some incredible kids, and, and they've been a part of Faith Promise, and again, a part of our small group. And, and, and so he loves the Lord, shares the Lord with people. So let me ask you a couple questions. Number one, tell us, Dr. Barrett, how, how did you come to know Jesus? Yeah, so never went to church as a kid, uh, never heard the gospel, uh, never read a scripture. Um, and so just living the typical American life, uh, college student, broken, uh, alcoholic, drugs, going out partying every night, you know, academic probation. And um, in the midst of that was a ton of anxiety and fear and addiction. And, and so one day on campus, a pastor hands me this little green Gideon Bible, um, never uh, again read a scripture, brought it home, didn't think much of it, uh, but at, at one night in my greatest despair, I grabbed it and for the first time I read the testimony of Jesus and it, uh, it made sense. In that moment it just made sense and so I start praying to this God that I just met and I just start crying out to him for rescue and for help and healing. And, uh, and he, in a moment, came and visited me in that apartment, set me free, gave me freedom, gave me life, and I experienced his presence like, 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 like nothing ever before. Awesome. So, I, I know that you're, a, that you're a witness. Tell us why you share Jesus. Why is it that you look for opportunities? Yeah, I mean, if, when, when you live in so much anxiety and fear and, and not knowing purpose, and you experience him, um, a living God, it's like you want to tell everyone. Um, you want the world to know him and to experience him and experience what you experienced. And so, you know, in this world, it rains on the just and the unjust. And, and so we're all going to go through troubles, right? But we have a solution, and it's the most beautiful, elegant solution, and that's the gospel. And to me, it's, it's the perfect message that I can share to someone, hey, listen, I've been there, but I have an answer. Um, and he changed my life, and you can experience him too. Well, I know that you, I know that you talk to a lot of people because we're friends and we talk about what's going on. So are you ever afraid when you uh, want to share with someone? Yeah, I think there are moments of, you know, anxiousness, especially when you're out and you know the Lord's like tugging your heart, like, hey, share the gospel, right? I think there's just this moment of um, um, looking at yourself and, being concerned what they're going to think and ah, is this really God and kind of questioning that. But I find that if I wake up, spend time in the presence of God and I'm able to kind of go in on, on mission that day and really um, rather than um, just being 
random in my witness, being intentional, I feel like that anxiety and fear drops. So you're going you're gonna to feel more fear when your focus is on you. Absol- absolutely. Rather than focus on them. No doubt. When it's my schedule, my attendance, where I got to be next, and the Lord tugs my heart, I'm usually like wrestling with them. But, uh, but in those moments where I go into, whether it's my business and I'm playing worship music and God speaks my heart to pray for someone, I mean, it's like, all right, let's do this, God. What you got for him? Awesome. Tell us a, just a recent story of someone, because I know you share with a lot of people, of, of someone you've won to the Lord or shared with recently. Yeah, so, so my father's come to Christ uh, over the last, like, it's been a, a journey. Yeah. Um, it's been amazing. It's been amazing because uh, he was an atheist agnostic, so it's just watching him just get his heart wooed and decide, um, and, 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 and run to God. But, you know, I was in the gym the other day working out. That was my time. <laughs> and so I was playing some worship music and didn't think anything of it, just lifting weights and praising God. And so a few days later, this guy comes up to me and says, hey, man, I couldn't get that song out of my mind. And, uh, and, and can we just meet for a second? I was like, yeah, man, what do you want to talk about? And he just told me a story, you know, alcoholism and, and jail. And he just moved here to Knoxville. Um, but he felt like God was tugging his heart. He was, God was persuading him in that moment. And so in that moment, I was like, hey, man, listen, here's my story. I've been where you're at, but here's the gospel. And, and in that moment, man, that dude fully believed in Christ. And he's just getting discipled. Uh, just being at our facility has been absolutely incredible. Awesome. So, can you actually lift weights and worship at the same Absolutely, time? Man, Are you best, sure best that's legal? Yeah, yeah. I'm not Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. All right, Brad. Thanks. Come on, give a give, give. Good to see you, man. Love you. Thanks. See, we're about real people with real problems experiencing the real love of God. Now, if Dr. Barrett can be a fearless witness when people either come into his CrossFit box or they're coming as a patient because they got a back problem or a neck problem or a body problem and they're going to his chiropractic office, if he can find opportunities, then really what, what's not an opportunity for us to share Jesus, the real love of Jesus? Because if we really believe that Jesus is the only way, is Jesus the only way? Is Jesus incredible? then, man, we want to share that. So Jesus, the last words before he puts it in B for boogie for heaven are Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my what? You might be my witnesses. You, You should be my witnesses. You could be my witnesses. No, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the remotest parts of the earth. Tennessee, East Tennessee, Tennessee, America, and the remotest parts of the planet. Couple that with the great commission. Go therefore, or as you are going, make disciples of all the ethnos, the ethnicities, translated in that verse, nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. See, some of us wonder why we don't sense Jesus with us is because we are not on mission with him. As you are making disciples, as you are 
as you are witnessing, as you are passionately pursuing me, I'm going to be with you always even to the end of the age. So couple Acts 1-8 with Matthew 28, 19, and 20, and you have the heart of God for you. If you're wondering, hey, I'm not sure about my calling, I'm not sure about my passion, above everything else, overarching, is that for you. This is the revealed will of God for every Christ follower. It is the greatest purpose, the greatest mission, and should be the greatest passion on the planet. I think that's why we have a church full of of millennials and Generation X and Generation Z, because especially millennials are the purpose generation And man, we have God's purpose. Do you know the millennials are three times more likely to share Jesus than the the boomers and the people that came before them? It's crazy. So in this series, we are building for Easter. Are you with me? Basically, a week and and a half away was when we start. So we are building for Easter. Every one of us bringing people far from God. Listen, don't bring Aunt Nell, who goes to First Baptist Church, because your church is cooler. She likes First Baptist. She's staying at First Baptist. She would be horrified at Faith Promise Church. So you leave Aunt Nell alone. If you don't have anybody else to invite, go meet some people. Some of us don't even have anybody to invite because we've marked everybody lost out of our life. Well, that is not what Jesus did. Amen? And so who are you going to bring? And so you guys, we're, we're going to, I'm, I'm praying for 20,000 people and 500 baptisms for Easter. Does anybody, can y'all believe that with me? Man, we're going to have to work. We're going to have to bring people. We're going to have to, man, you know, whatever you do, don't come Sunday morning at a, Come on, at the 10 or 11.45, and come to, you know, Thursday, Friday, you know, come, come, come in. So get, this is what God wants us to do, to invite, to share, and we only have right now to do it. The Bible says, don't brag about tomorrow if you don't know what a day may bring forth. We're like a vapor here today, gone tomorrow, like a flower that rises and withers in the noonday sun. So what we've got to do is we've got to overcome every obstacle the enemy of heaven has placed in our path to keep us from inviting, and to keep us from sharing. No question, we've all got mountains, and many of us let fear or other things stop us because literally almost everything that you want in your life, if you're listening to say I am, is on the other side of fear. You want your family and friends to come to Jesus, you got to step over fear. You want to serve God to a greater level, you got to overcome fear. You want to, you man, whatever, the things that we want, better marriage, got to overcome fear. And so we, we've got to be fearless. So what do you see? For many of us, there's a mountain in our path that's keeping us. Let me tell you a story happened January 25th of this year in a small little community in Brumagino, Brazil. Friday morning, lunch, little community sitting down to have lunch and they're going to have a little siesta. And they just a typical Friday when tragedy struck that small town. A nearby dam that was at a mining facility failed, sending three billion gallons of metal-infused mud into that little bitty town. Within a few short minutes, as a 20-minute wall of mud flew into that town, just rolled in, no way out, 
206 people are dead, including women and children, and 102 others are, are missing, and they can't find them. That would be a tragic enough story, would it not? Well, let me augment it. 90 days before this Friday, there was a, a, a bridge inspector sent, I mean, a, a, a dam inspector sent to inspect the dam at Brumagino, Brazil. He looked at the dam, and he knew the dam was going to fail. But he knew that if he told the people the dam was going to fail, he might lose his job, it might cost the company, and everybody in that town would have to move because everybody in that town worked for the mine. And so as he surveyed the landscape, he chose to remain silent. And three months later, everybody in that town died because of his silence, afraid to say anything. If he could have seen the pictures that you just saw, if he could have watched the video that you just watched, do you think that inspector might jump up from the highest peak and scream, run, the dam is going to break and everybody's going to die? Do you think if he had another shot, he would? See, every, every man, woman, boy, or girl ever born is going to be at the great white throne of judgment. And at that great white throne, Jesus, the judge, is going to divide the sheep, the goats on his left, and the sheep on his right. And we will see people that will be separated from God by, by eternity forever, people that were in our lives that we never shared with. Do you think that you will have regrets if that's you? Like that building inspector who knew the dam would fail. We know the judgment is coming, don't we, church? We know the great white throat. We know that people have an opportunity. But if we are, if we are silent, they will spend eternity without Jesus. And we could have helped them see Jesus. So what do you see when you see people that are far from God? What, what, do you, what do you see? Are you fearful to share? Are you, or are you fearful of what they might think, what they might do, what might happen, what you might lose if you were a relationship or somebody's going to be mad at you if you say something? Have you considered the consequences of not speaking up? Because see, this gentleman never really considered the consequences of not warning that town all those people would be alive today if he said the dam is going to break. They would have moved everyone and everybody, everything would have been good. See, marriages are at stake and families are at stake and businesses are at stake and lives are at stake and decisions are at stake. Eternity is at stake. We have got to live with our sight set on heaven, not just this pitiful planet on which we live. We're going to heaven. We'll be there forever. Let's get ready now so that there'll be no regrets then. Come on, church. And that's why faith promise exists. So in chapter 1 of Acts, Jesus has just given the great commission. Jesus walks up to the Mount of Olives with the disciples, and he is about to leave. He's about to ascend out of here to the right hand of God the Father. And, and in the midst of that, the disciples ask a question. 
really, it's, it's, it's funny the more I begin to think about it, in verse 6 and 7. So when they had to come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, now, I want you to think about this. Jesus is about to leave. You got one more question. Make it a good one. Are you with me? Lord, is it at this time that you're restoring the kingdom of, to Israel? Lord, are we going to get our positions now? Do I get to be president and Peter vice president? Is it at this time? And Jesus said, it is not for you to know the times or epochs that have been fixed by the Father on his own authority. I was reading that again and again. And this is what I got. Are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. These guys are distracted so easily. They want an eschatology conference. They want to hear about the end times. They want to, they're distracted. Just like we are today, we're distracted by Democrats and Republicans. We're distracted by Facebook and Instagram. We're distracted by arguments of Calvinism and Arminianism. We're distracted by the deeper life, our life in general. We are distracted. Does that make sense? One of the main reasons that we are not powerful witnesses like we just saw with Dr. Barrett is that we are distracted. Notice he said, I'm not afraid when I get up, spend time with God, and live that day on mission with Jesus. So Jesus has just said, quit, don't worry about, hey, don't worry about the end times, boys. There's only one thing that matters. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You know what Jesus is saying? He said, hey, 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 right here, boys. Stay on track. Quit getting distracted. Come on. Quit. Stay on track. You're my witnesses. Don't be satanically sidetracked. Don't be demonically distracted. Don't even experience the good and miss the great. Man, stay on track. We are his what? His witnesses. Micah shared with us last weekend. See, obedience is our job. Outcomes are his job. He does it. And so the Lord is crystal clear about his command to those of us that follow him. You are my 39 more times. So 40 times totally in the 28 chapters of the book of Acts. That's how important it is to God that we be his witnesses. That we are called to be fearless witnesses of Jesus Christ. We step onto the witness stand and tell what we have seen and heard. Listen, hey, you don't get to take the fifth. Because if you plead the fifth, people will die and go to hell. Are you with me? You say, but it might cost. Well, last time I checked, it cost Jesus his life. And all the disciples but one, their lives. See, Dr. Barrett can't be the only fearless witness. There are, there are 1.1 million people in greater Knoxville. There are 6.7 million people in Tennessee. And most of them do not know Jesus. See, a, a fearless witness sees the power and the people and proclaims with passion salvation. Now, we promises are great inviters, or let me rephrase. The first 25 years, we've been, been incredible inviters. Pellissippi, incredible inviters. Pellissippi said 225 people to Blount County that grew into 1,000 people. Pellissippi said 225 people in North Knox that became 1,000 people. Many of those people far from God have been saved. Pellissippi sent the people to Farragut, and Farragut is reaching people. 
Pellissippi, come on, at every campus, we've got to be rabid inviters and shares of the gospel. We've got to see the power of God through us by the Holy Spirit. Does this make sense? Because we're going to be given an opportunity for people that are all around us. With passion, we have got to see what God wants us to do to be fearless witnesses. It's the will of God. You say, wait a minute, Pastor, I'm not ready. Not ready. I tried it. Didn't work. It went horribly. They want to know if Adam had a belly button or could God make a rock so big he couldn't pick it up. It just didn't go well. That's all right. That's okay. Listen, we got to get up and do it again. Peter, one of Jesus' earliest followers, said, but sanctify Jesus as Lord in your hearts. I mean, put him number one. And then be ready to give a defense to anyone that asks of the hope that is in you. So you should be living with such victory. Are you with me? Come on. You should be living under an open heaven, walking in victory. You should have the joy of the Lord in the midst of hell breaking loose around you. Is anybody listening to me? And man, you people ought to see that and say, I don't know what you got, but I want some of it. And you say, man, I am ready. It's Jesus. Just like the guy working out, listening to that Christian song. Our theme verse of this year, the first one is Luke 4, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Listen, preach does not just mean what I'm doing. It can be to a crowd. It can be to one person at a bus stop or at a Starbucks or in a cubicle. It can be to a team. It can be to a small group. It can be to, it, it, it doesn't just mean standing up and proclaiming to a room. God wants all of us to be anointed to preach or share the good news. Do y'all believe that? Three of you. Does anybody believe that? Come on, give God some praise up in his house. Let me tell you what the enemy loves about the church. The enemy loves the silence of our, of our lips. Well, he didn't mind us praising when we're in closed doors, but my word, when you go out there, don't say anything. Is it any wonder the culture shutting us up when we understand that Satan's the God of the culture? Listen, we don't care what the culture says. We're going to love those people anyway. Amen? If we're going to follow the filling of the Holy Spirit, that means we're going to have power. Where the Spirit leads, where the Spirit leads, and I'm telling you, the Spirit is leading you to people he wants you to bring to Easter, people he wants you to win, people that he wants you to serve. The word, the Greek word is pathos. We get our word pathological, that word. Man, are we pathological in our witness of Jesus? There should be a, a, there should be a, a pathos, a passion, a pathological in, in, in our sharing. The enemy loves our lack of passion. And fear sucks the passion right out of our witness, doesn't it? Because, we, because we're a little... We're a little hesitant in that that fear just robs us. A, a, re, a recent survey read 94% of Christians thinks that Jesus, think that Jesus is the greatest thing to happen to someone. And I read that and said, well, what does the other 6% think is better than Jesus? But do y'all believe Jesus is the best thing that could happen to someone that's far from God? So I, I, I really do believe we believe that. But are we going to give them an opportunity? Because Romans says if no one tells them, they won't hear. If they don't hear, they're not coming to him. For 25 years, 
promisers have been so winners and inviters of God's real love to real people, to really hundreds of thousands all around the world. And, and some of you are here this weekend because a fearless witness befriended you and invited you to church or shared the gospel with you. Or like Delbert, somebody went on a college campus and handed out a Gideon little green New Testament. Y'all remember those? And most colleges, if they could, would outlaw the Gideons. Wouldn't they? It's just our world is upside down because the light quit shining. And we are the light of the world. So let me tell you, we're just about to finish our first quarter of a century. And the people before us, have they done a great job? Have they done a great job? Come on, somebody. Now it's your turn. It's your turn to invite. It's your turn to share. It's your turn to love. It's your turn to, to witness. It's your turn to step up. It's your turn to fill the grandstands. It's your turn to be the next people that'll go and help start our next campus or our next campus, whether it's downtown or South Knoxville or Bearden Hill or, or wherever it's going to be, man, that is you. And some of you came this weekend, or maybe you're on a podcast or with us, and you are, man, you say, I'd love to do it, but I'm fearful. We're going to pray in just a minute, and God is going to anoint you and give you power when the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you so that you will be his witnesses. 7,000 strong this weekend. We're going to get lit up. We're going to move with momentum. We're going to finish next weekend getting lit up, have the Lord's Supper, and then we're going to light out on a week of serving Jesus, a week of of bringing people a week of Easter, the greatest harvest we have ever seen. Can somebody get on board with some of that? Come on. So God, we come right now and we look for you to do what you did in the book of Acts. We look at you to light us up in the name of Jesus. Lord, you can start a fire with wet wood, so would you light us up, take away fear, give us a boldness that we will step into opportunities regardless of obstacles. God, would you light us up that we would be your witnesses. We receive it, we believe it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray it, and all God's people said, come on. Now, some of you this weekend at all of our, at, at all of our campuses this sermon's a little weird for you because you've never met Jesus. You might know about him, but you never really met him. See, if you've not been transformed by the power of Jesus, you just see what a lot of us do, especially in the South, is we've been to church. And we've heard about God, and we've heard more sermons than we need to hear. Are you with me? Come on, I got that. But we've never met Jesus. Just like Delbert in a college dorm room. Life out of control, opening up a Gideon New Testament and saying, Jesus, would you save me? He's ready to transform. You can get a brand new start if you want a relationship with God. So as our campus pastors come and every campus with every head bowed and every eye closed, come on, pray this simple prayer with us. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. Forgive me. I know we're separated. You're my only hope. Come into my heart. I confess you as Lord. I will live for you. Fill me. Use me to be a light. Thank you that you've heard my prayer. 
Now, heads bowed and eyes closed. If you prayed that prayer with me, would you just slip up your hands? Hey, Pastor, man, I, I prayed that prayer with you. Just go ahead and hold them up. All right, got it, got it, okay, got it, okay, put them down. Now look up here. All those of you that raised your hand, if you're online, if you'll click right there, go to the chat room, somebody's waiting at all of our campus, uh, the campuses of Field Tech Communication Card, fill it out. If you will check making a decision to follow Jesus, and then number two, I'd like to be baptized. Come on, be the last time you ever raised your hand because you're going to move into relationship with God. If you've not been in Next Steps, you can check that circle or... Pellissippi at 615, you can go. And all of the on Sunday, all of our campuses at 11:30. And here's the deal. It's the first week of the month. We're gonna get in my pickup truck. We're gonna drive to where Faith Promise used to be, what God did, how God brought us here, and what God wants to do in your life. A little history and a little prophecy. It's gonna be incredible as we start. So if you've not done next steps, hey Faith Promise, next steps is your is your what? So I want, to, I want to challenge you. You can go. So, man, just recheck your kids in and go this weekend. Now, as we get ready to move into generosity, this past weekend, Pastor Micah preached because I was in Costa Rica celebrating the fifth anniversary of Promesa de Fe, a campus that you guys planted five years ago. Check this out. Incredible. Because of your generosity, Pastor Terry, we planted that campus. Eddie, Aaron, Katia are the, are the pastors, and they launched that, and they are faith promise to the core. You could see FP kids. They didn't want to say FP niños. They wanted FP kids. They are faith promise to the core, and Eddie, Pastor Eddie, Aaron, Katia told me to tell you, thank you for five years of prayer and ministry and caring. They're in three services now. And God is moving in Kanye's Costa Rica because of you guys and your generosity. So as our ushers get ready to come, man, we're just grateful for what God has done, grateful for how God is moving, and grateful for many of you that have given for so long. God, would you move powerfully? Father, we pray for this offering that it'll be used in Kanye's Costa Rica. It'll be used in Knoxville, Tennessee, and Anderson, and Campbell, and at GBB, and God, it'll be, used all at, it'll be used around the world to touch people, to bring the light into a darkness. Thanks, God, for your incredible blessing. Fire us up. Use us as our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, give him a shout of praise, church. Come on.